The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. From Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you for joining me today here on The Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening, and thank you for uh, emailing me, for putting your comments on Facebook. I love hearing from you, and please do like us on Facebook. You can find us, uh, Spirit of Recovery, right there. There's always uh, something interesting to here, here on the Spirit of Recovery. I want to thank you for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unity community know about us. It's uh, really great to have the opportunity to broadcast about the topic of recovery and spirituality here on Unity Online Radio. And again, it's glad, to, great to hear from you and know that what we're doing here is touching your heart and opening your mind and increasing ideas for you and inspiring you about what uh, is possible for us as recovering people. And you know that you can listen to the Spirit of Recovery live through your computer or through your smartphone. And you can also listen to the archives. We've got many archived programs now from a couple of years. You can listen to those 24-7, again, on through your computer, through your smartphone, and you can listen to those 24-7. Every week we do have topics that are important to the recovery community. We have guests that are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. We have people that are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people that are bringing spiritual insights about the process of recovery. We're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. The spirit of recovery is a welcoming place, and so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, and perhaps you're in your own recovery as a family member or not, it doesn't matter. We're glad that you're listening, glad to have you part of our discussions here on the spirit of recovery. And also, we want you uh, to know that if you're just interested and curious about the process of recovery, uh, the Spirit of Recovery welcomes you and your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction. And many years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. And ever since then, my walk has been an integration of unity and the recovery principles. And that keeps transforming my life in very rich ways and keeps me growing. So I'm very grateful. I'm delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and recovery walk. We've got a great show again for you today here on The Spirit of Recovery. Our topic is Strong Relationships. The work begins with you. And uh, two halves really don't make a whole, at least as far as relationships are concerned. My guest today is Greg Barrett, 
and he is a Unity minister. He was born and raised in Unity and has been a Unity minister for many years. And Greg uh, is very interested in and has, is well-versed and has done a lot of thinking and a lot of speaking and produced some excellent materials about relationships. So he's going to be sharing with us today how focusing on self-love and practicing daily contact with our loving higher power is really the key to life-giving relationships. He'll be talking about relationships that we have both in our personal lives and in our work lives. So uh, Greg has produced a CD called Breaking Free from Unhealthy Relationship Patterns. And if you're interested in learning more about that CD, you can look on cfenlightenment.org. Enlightenment is spelled just as you think it would be, CF enlightenment.org and you can look in the store area and see more about this cd so greg welcome we're very glad that you're with us today here on spirit of recovery well thank you Uh, i'm really excited to be on this program with you because i'm a big fan of your work your work with churches your work with individuals and the way that you have uh, married and blended uh, recovery with spirituality in in terms of unity Thank you. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. I, I do. And Greg, I know that you've been, uh, again, you've been in ministry for many years. And in that process, I know that you've done the same thing, that you've recovered. You, you have integrated a lot about the recovery process and the principles into that, and especially in the area of relationships. So what got you interested initially in this idea of recovery and relationships? Well, you got two hours? <laughs> a lifetime, yeah. We've got lots of time. Well, what really happened was I went into ministry in 1980, and I noticed that the people in my first church who I resonated the most with were the Al-Anon people. They were people who had a lot of successful recovery under their belts, and they seemed to get out of the airy-fairy theoretical and put their spirituality to work in a practical way. And so I started listening to them more, and um, I had 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 a rather spotty relationship um, track record. And, uh, you know, I I looked at my life, and I I thought, well, you know, I I, I think I need to start to to, uh, apply some of the things that I saw working for them in my life. And then along the middle of all that, um, in a professional uh, sense, I found myself stuck in unhealthy relationship patterns. Um, my second church, I'd been my first church six years, I went to another church that, uh, well, they, they'd lost four ministers in 11 months. Uh, and it, it, it was a situation where there was a lot of dysfunction in the church. And it really brought up a lot of my issues uh, around um, codependency on a professional level, not on a romantic level. So then I had that double whammy. And so uh, I worked through that as best I could with the tools that I had. Um, then I found myself in a situation where I was um, uh, in, a, in a role where I was being supervised by a person um, who then later went into um, into rehabilitation. And 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 so that was my my uh, my my triple whammy, and I went, you know, I I got to find out more about what's going on with me. So I started going to Al-Anon meetings and uh, Codependence Anonymous meetings, and finding about what was going on with me and how I was what I was bringing to the table in these relationships, and began the the process of working through and on. Uh, these patterns of codependency and unhealthy relationship. And um, it's a life's work. It's, it's never finished, but it's a refining fire that, uh, that continues to bring about uh, results in my life the more I apply myself to it. Right. Thank you. So it sounds like you really bumped up against the wall in, in both your personal and your professional life, and you were willing to, to uh, take some steps to deal with it and, and see, what could, see what could happen to see what could be different. What is the the first thing that really began to shift for you? And I love what you said. You noticed that the people that were in Al-Anon recovery were practical, and they were making their spirituality practical. When you started uh, in these areas you just spoke of with yourself, what were some of the first things that changed for you? 
Well, I think we should go back to origins. I was born and raised in Unity, and I know that we're primarily uh, speaking to a Unity audience. And I had a lot of spiritual uh, theory, a lot of spiritual tools. I have great respect and honor for Unity's heritage and teachings. So, you know, I I had a lot uh, uh, in terms of my Sunday school and Youth of Unity training and, and on through ministerial school. But there was a missing piece. Uh, the piece was always there in unity, but it hadn't been brought to the forefront. What I needed to do was to take what I knew theoretically and put it to work on a practical level. And you just mentioned that you know the people who were in Al-Anon in my church uh, were people who weren't just you know out there in, in la-la land. They were people who had actually made the spiritual principles work of necessity. And I saw a different quality in their lives than, frankly, I was experiencing in my own life. And I was inspired by them. I I saw that they didn't get uh, caught up in uh, a lot of theoretical, uh, what Ann Wilson Schaaf calls New Age pookie pookie. Uh, they, They were grounded, and they were able to use their spiritual principles to make a substantive difference in their lives. But it meant I had to get off of a lot of my um, a lot of my cherished illusions about using my spirituality to control others um, and trying to make my outer world conform to what it is I wanted, um, which I don't believe Unity ever did teach, but was my misinterpretation of the teachings I was raised in. So the biggest shift was I stopped seeing my spirituality as so theoretical and made it more practical. And the second thing was um, I stopped using my spirituality to change my outer world as much as to affect a change within myself. That's fascinating. Now, I I can't let this one go by. What is New Age Pookie Pookie? Well, you know, I don't know how she she, uh, defined it, but it's um, trying to find a spiritual fix to a recovery problem. You know, there's really two sides, I think, to healthy spiritual growth. One is transformation, spirituality, I suppose. The other is recovery. That's the more psycho-spiritual side. And they work together. Now, if you just try to do the psychological side, you can get stuck in a lot of navel-gazing. If you try to just do the spiritual side, you can get often what Ann Wilson Schaaf calls New Age Pookie Pookie, which is, you know, actually using unconsciously your spirituality to evade and avoid your deep internal uh, psychological issues. Once you take the two and put them together, which is what I see your life's work is, and I see you doing this very successfully in how you present your work, once you put your spirituality and your recovery together or you put your transformation in your psychology together, that's another way of putting it, um, these blend and uh, things start to work in a practical sense. That's a wonderful. I'm, and, and just in case uh, people aren't aware, Ann Wilson Schaefe is an author. I don't know if she's written anything for quite a while now. I haven't heard much, but she, she put out quite a few books that were really fascinating and, and did exactly you know what you're what you're talking about there is is brought those brought those things together really integrated them so what are some of the the uh the the traps that people get caught into i mean you're talking about that the kind of the trying to use spirituality i call it getting a spiritual bypass trying to avoid yourself and and specifically how does that happen in relationships cuz people can be quote, unquote, doing a lot of spiritual so-called things, but, man, they can be in some pretty destructive relationships. So tell us about that. Well, I I remember once hearing somebody say, you know, I'm just going to behold the Christ in this person until they change into the person that I know they are inside. And uh, that, that in a nutshell, is the problem. Uh, my beholding the Christ or seeing the divinity in another person doesn't change them, although it certainly benefits them if they're open to it. 
what it does is changes my perspective so that I can work in cooperation with their higher self, which may mean that I walk out of the room, or it may mean that I engage in a conversation, any number of things, but it isn't designed to make them different than they are or to uh, get rid of their ability to make choices in their lives. Right. You know, related to that, sometimes every once in a while I'll hear somebody say, well, if I could just get spiritual enough, then I could tolerate being around so-and-so's really horrible, abusive behavior. And that always makes me cringe. Say some more about that because it sounds so related to what you just said. Well, you know, the, the first thing I began to find out when I first started going to meetings and, and, and applying this was that if I worked on myself, my outer world, it almost would take care of itself in a sense. Um, rather than trying to manage my anxiety and discomfort with my outer world by fixing my outer world uh, or by what you say, just tolerating the outer world, if I went within and started looking at my own patterns, um, either things would get better or they disappear. Things would either um, improve because uh, I was approaching it differently or um, people or circumstances would just move out of my life, sometimes more or less harmoniously, but uh, not taking it personally is also part of the path of recovery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's that fascinating spiritual aspect of it to me is, I don't know, what is it? I sometimes Who knows? There's no way to define it. Sometimes I think it's like an energy shift or where am I, you know, putting my energy hooks out? What am I hanging on to? What do you think? How does it, how does it work? Why does that happen? Well, I think you're right. It is an energy shift, and, it, you know, the subtle cues that we give off to our outer world based on our own spiritual recovery um, are more powerful than we realize, but it isn't a manipulation that we're doing uh, to get the outer world to change or to get everybody else to change. Um, Sometimes it actually precipitates a crisis. And who was it? You probably know. I remember reading years ago, neither prevent nor precipitate a crisis. Mm -hmm. When you're dealing with an organization or a situation or a person in your life that you're having codependency issues with, if you work on your own issues and a crisis starts to brew, you don't try to block it or prevent it, and you don't try to make it happen prematurely, you let it unfold because that's part of the natural function of recovery. Things work themselves out. Um, and sometimes it means there might be a blow-up. There might be something that looks like a complete breakdown so that uh, it can reconfigure in a more healthy way. So, you know, it's very hard to judge a situation uh, in a snapshot in a, in a given moment because it may need to look just as bad as it looks in that situation at that time in order for it to become healthier. In other situations, all of a sudden, seemingly magically, um, things get better. And you think, well, I didn't do anything here. And the truth is, is that you did your inner work. Either way, the work of recovery is working. That's powerful. Thank you, Greg. It's time for our first break. My guest is Greg Barrett who uh, is a unity minister who is uh, really uh, does a lot of great work on healthy relationships. And our topic today is strong relationships. The work begins with you. Stay with us, listeners. We'll be right back. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. have a coach in your corner a life coach that is like a coach in sports a life coach can help you set clear goals and develop the confidence and tools you need to achieve them join certified life coach carla mcclellan 
Tuesdays at 3 p.m. for Vibrant Living on Unity Online Radio. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to help make your life more focused, more meaningful, and more vibrant. Do you have a specific issue or topic you'd like to discuss with Coach Carla? Call in toll-free Tuesdays at 3 p.m. during Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I'm very glad that you're listening with me today here on the Spirit of Recovery. Our topic today is strong relationships. The work begins with you. We're talking about how it's important to uh, focus on our self-love, on our relationship with our higher power, focus on our self-worth. And as we do that, what happens is that we do create healthy and strong relationships in our lives. My guest today is Greg Barrett. Greg is a Unity Minister. He uh, has been a minister for many years. He was born and raised in the Unity Movement. Greg has been very active in leadership in the Unity Movement. He's also on the board of the New Thought Alliance. He's in Who's Who's in American Religion, and he's the author of the CD, Breaking Free from Unhealthy Relationship Patterns. He also has several other CDs, The Gift of Healing, Gift of Sleeping, The Heart of Oneness, The Tao of Unity. And uh, if you're interested in learning about those uh, CDs, seeing more about them, you can look for some of them on unity.org and the other the uh, unhealthy breaking free from unhealthy relationship patterns you can find about that at cfenlightenment.org in the store area and greg is also an author he's regularly published in unity magazine and he is unity's all-time best-selling media author of those cds and they are wonderful i can uh, tell you that from personal experience so before i get back to my conversation with greg about Strong Relationships, the work begins with you. I invite you to join me for the Serenity Minute, to take a moment to relax, to feel that presence of your higher power, to take a breath, to allow that breath to relax you through and through, and to share with me this constructive idea, and then a moment of silence. I am a person of great worth and value. I receive my higher power's love. And I relate to people from my sense of self-worth. I am a person of great worth and value. I receive my higher power's love. And I relate to people from my sense of self-worth. Let's take a moment now in the quiet.
thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. I trust that it's been an opportunity for you to relax, to feel that presence of your loving higher power, and to get in touch with your sense of worth and value. And now we're back to my conversation with my guest, Greg Barrett, about strong relationships. The work begins with you. So, Greg, you've uh, mentioned a couple of times the concept of codependency, and, and in lots of ways now that's that's somewhat of a common term. And again, people toss it around and use it a lot of different ways. But what do you mean by it, and and kind of how does it affect our relationships and and our sense of self? Well, codependency uh, theoretically or clinically is a disease of lost selfhood that usually manifests as focusing on the needs and behavior of others to the expense of your own uh, personal and spiritual needs. Um, I just heard a joke. Uh, uh, What happens when a codependent dies? They see somebody else's life pass in front of them. Uh, so that's yeah. being focused on another person, being focused on your work situation, letting your ex- trying to fill an internal need with the externals of your life in terms of relationships and um, even your professional life. Mm-hmm. So it's that, and, and that's it's an interesting thing because you know in a lot of ways we're taught as people that are interested in a spiritual path, you know, we should be of service, we should focus on other people, we should think about, you know, what other people need, and so on and so forth. So how does that all fit together? What, how does that work? Well, it's interesting. We we say often in unity that we've got the personality and the individuality, or the other people say the ego and the soul, the lower self and the higher self. If we are serving the higher self, the individuality, the soul of other people, then we're really on the right track. But if we're meeting the ego, personality, lower self needs, then we are codependent. That's really the distinction I would make. So I've got a little sign next to my uh, phone in my office at the church saying, what does this soul need? What does this soul need? So I want to meet their soul's need, but I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily want to meet their personality, ego, lower self need, which may be totally, you know, unhealthy for them. The soul need, however, is, um, it may not even, it may be the opposite of what their personality needs. And that's why doing spiritual work and opening up to intuition is so important because although we may never be able to intuit perfectly what their soul needs, there is that in us that can give us enough of a clue that we're really meeting the needs of the higher self in other people. And that need may be met through um, taking drastic action. It may be met by keeping our peace. It may be met by confronting something or walking away. Um, it, it, it's, it's something we have to intuit, and that's why meditation, the inner spiritual contact, is so important because that's where we can meet people soul to soul and meet the needs of their soul, not their personal needs. Do you have an example you could give us? Well, let's say somebody, um, I mean, in in ministry, there are people who have uh, a a need to be, you know, uh, 24-7, have uh, receive ego or personal attention from a minister, which then leads to burnout. That you could say, well, gee, they need that. No, their personality, lower ego self perceives that they need it, but what their soul needs is, somebody to truly hold the light for them, to certainly counsel them, encourage them, support them, but not necessarily, you know, to come over to their house 24-7. I'll give you a good example, and this is a little tough, but this is coming into my mind, so I'm going to take a leap and take a risk here. Uh, I was talking to a minister many, many years ago who was saying, you know, I'm burning out. I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling like I, I, I... I just, I just feel like I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I, I, I don't have enough hours in the day to do whatever. And as we talked, what she would do is whatever anybody wanted her to do, she would do it. And so uh, I finally just said to her, you know, you have to get to the point where you are willing that other people be disappointed or even angry at you if you want to be a healthy minister. Because 
just because they want you to come over to their house doesn't mean that you should be doing that. And um, this this is a, a tough one. And I, I remember another minister overheard it and thought what I was saying was uh, was not good advice. But um, I, I think that it's necessary for us in personal relationships, professionally or as ministers, to not try to meet everyone's perceived needs, which could also be redefined as the word once, but rather meet their soul needs, their spiritual needs, which may be very, very different. Mm-hmm. So one thing I'm hearing you're saying is that you got to be willing to say no, even if people don't like it. And that's not just for your sake. It's mm-hmm. actually them as well. You know, we don't, enabling a person in addiction or enabling a person's lower ego needs their wants uh, isn't good for them. It isn't healthy. It's like, it's like raising a child. We've got two kids, and uh, I don't say yes to everything they want to do. We see the results of that every day in our society, parents who don't know how to set boundaries, but rather try to perceive what do they need. You know, well, they need my love and my, my attention. They need my affection, but they don't always need me to, you know, pick up after them or if they consistently forget their homework, drive it to school for them, or if they're consistently late, give them a ride rather than catching the school bus or saying, gee, what are you going to do to solve that problem? So it sounds like what you're talking about is is finding ways that are going to support a person's own sense of self. Is that what you're talking about? Or you might frame it a different way. Yes, their sense of self with a capital S, the spiritual growth. Again, if you read Lessons in Truth or What Are You or Fillmore's early books, there was that understanding, that differentiation between the lower self, what nowadays they mostly call the ego, the personality, and the higher self, the individuality, or nowadays is usually called the soul. And you meet the need of the soul but not necessarily every want that a person has around you. And that's called having good boundaries. Tell us some more about boundaries. I know, again, that's a word that we hear a lot, and uh, even we talked about it last week on Spirit of Recovery. It's a good word, and I love hearing what different people have to say about it. So what are, what are boundaries, and how does that work? Well, to me, a, a good boundary is like um, a cell membrane. You know, a, a healthy cell in a colony of cells, can let in the beneficial nutrients and the good things that it needs, but is the, the, the cell wall <laughs> boundary is strong enough to keep out that which is unhealthy or would not be good for the cell. So it's not that we have walls up or that we're rigid, but rather we have uh, a permeable membrane that can that can uh, that can allow in and out those experiences with other people, but also um, appropriately self-protecting when something is not healthy and can say no to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When, when um, to, to develop that, I think, you know, you talked a little bit ago about the inner uh, emptiness that a person can have or trying to fill that inner void from the outside. And... Uh, that seems to me to relate to a person's own sense of self with the capital S, so and which allows us to set the boundaries to even know, you know, anything about them at all. So, what do we do as individuals to to develop uh, that inner strength or sense of self, or again, however you would frame that? How do we fill that empty space? Well, that's it. I, I don't think we should try to fill the empty space. I think we need to become aware of it. Okay, <laughs> and, um, good. That, that's where um, meditation and, and, and our spiritual practices do help individually. But I think for many of us, going to meetings helps us with what you're calling the empty space is most often experienced in a negative sense as anxiety uh-huh. or boredom. Mm-hmm. Um, boredom and anxiety are the two qualities that cause us to get off track more than anything else. The boredom is that sense of emptiness that says, I, 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 you know, I, 
I, I just need to fill this with something. Uh, that kind of excitement of unhealthy and dysfunctional relationships or drama or control and allowing it to be and allowing there to be a space within us and to make it okay to have that quietness. Uh, Who was it? Was it Robin Norwood who said sometimes it feels like the winds are just blowing through your soul and you just let them blow? Um, It's a beautiful analogy. Once you allow there to be that space within your being that you don't have to fill with a million pastimes and dysfunctional relationships, you start to find out there's something in someone inside. The other thing is anxiety, which usually shows up as fear or sadness or anger. And it's been there all along, but by allowing that space within your soul to be experienced, it does surface and then you can find out what the underlying beliefs are generating the fear and sadness and anger. You know, all the negative emotions and, frankly, the positive emotions that we feel come from beliefs that we hold. And if we find out what the false beliefs are, we can retrain ourselves and come up with new and true beliefs. That's why we go to meetings is to let go of the anxiety and to bring in these new concepts, these new beliefs, and make them a part of ourselves so that we can generate more positive and beneficial emotions and outcomes in our lives. Mm -hmm. What are some of the uh, general uh, unhelpful beliefs that people have about themselves? And, of course, I'm sure there are millions, but are there some common threads, some things that people tend to hold that create the anxiety? Well, one of them in relationships is if I could just change myself enough this person can feel comfortable or, uh, you know, if, if, I can, if I can modify myself to fit in with them, then I can somehow ha- uh, reduce my own anxiety. And that really doesn't work. I, I found as I began this process and I was in a, an employment situation that was uh, uh, conducive to my learning this, I realized that if I would work on my own recovery, the situation would take care of itself. And it actually, the more, and I didn't intend to do this, I wasn't doing it for this purpose, but as I worked on my own recovery, this other person hit bottom, went into crisis, and ended up in rehab. Now, I don't think that I caused that, but I also think that it probably happened sooner because I was willing to take the steps within my own self to stop enabling the behavior. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot of strength. So I'm assuming that one thing that gave you the strength to do that was, as you said, be- beginning to attend some meetings that would help to address that, getting some support, doing your meditations. What else gave you strength? I, I, to see, I see three things. The one thing is, of course, our individual spiritual work, which is important, doing our affirmations or meditation, whatever means the spiritual support we give ourselves, even even taking a bubble bath and learning how to knit or ski. I mean, you know, taking care of yourself is certainly primary. The second is going to meetings, getting that psycho-spiritual support that you get at an Al-Anon meeting, and making sure that you find a meeting that's healthy, that is one that's rooted in the 12 traditions and aligns with the 12 traditions. I remember going to meetings and as I shopped around and finding some that were healthier than others, when people were cross-talking and giving advice to each other, that was my um, option to, to get out of the meeting. I remember one meeting, there were 11 people in the room besides me, and we spent the entire hour listening to all 11 suicide attempts. Not mm. that there shouldn't be in a meeting where people should not talk about those things because that's important, Mm -hmm. but the entire meeting can't be about people being in crisis with no recovery. So Mm -hmm. finding a healthy meeting is the second thing. And the third thing is for those who Hang on to that. It's time for a break. Sorry, we'll get the third uh, point when we come back. Listeners, stay with us. My guest is Greg Barrett, Unity Minister, and our topic is Strong Relationships. The work begins with you. We'll be right back. Daily Word. Inspiration 
and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. My mind and body are in an ongoing conversation. My body responds to my thoughts, and my mind continually receives messages from my body, especially when something is out of order. However, I am more than mind and body. I am created in the image and likeness of God. I am first and foremost spirit. As I bring my spiritual awareness into the conversation between mind and body, I keep myself in balance. I know my body and its needs. I nurture it with food and water, rest and exercise. I also send an affirmation of life and renewal to every cell of my being. With spirit-centered thoughts, words, and actions, I claim my true identity as a whole and healthy expression of God, mind, body, and spirit. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening with me today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Strong Relationships. The work begins with you. My guest is Reverend Greg Barrett. He is a unity minister. Uh, Greg has been uh, a minister for a long time, and so he's had lots of great experience. Uh, he was raised in unity, so he knows the unity principles within and without. And he's also been uh, involved uh, with the recovery principles in some deep ways. Uh, Greg has been in leadership in the unity movement. He's been very active in many ways in the new thought movement, and he's an author. He's a uh, uh, published in Unity Magazine, and he's the all-time best-selling media author uh, of Unity Publications, and he's got lots of great CDs. You can uh, access his information at his church website. He's the minister at Unity Northwest, and that's in Des Plaines, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago, and you can access that church website at www.unitynorthwest.org. That's www.unitynorthwest.org. And uh, that's in Des Plaines, Illinois. That's the Unity Church there where Greg is the minister. So Greg's sharing with us lots of great ideas about um, about relationships. And he has a CD about that called Breaking Free from Unhealthy Relationship Patterns. And you can uh, see that on that church website as well and, and see more of what the work that Greg does. So, Greg, before our break, you were telling us about three 
practices, three things that were really helpful to uh, you and to people in breaking free from those unhealthy relationship patterns. You were talking about finding a healthy meeting, um, doing uh, your own personal growth work, and you were getting ready to tell us the third point. So what's the third point of what really helps us to break free from those unhealthy well, the patterns? Well, is, is an option, and it's for the people who want to go deeper and or have a more serious issue, and that is um, counseling, therapy, one-on-one work whether you call it coaching or therapy or whatever it's called. Um, see, the thing is is that we get stuck in a groove of our patterns and we can uh, not understand or see, go into denial about um, these things. And, and working one-on-one with someone can help us to move out of and uh, witness and see faster what we're doing so that we can get out of those unhealthy patterns. However... There are a lot of therapists and counselors out there that are not recovery-based or friendly with recovery, so we need to make sure when we're interviewing or looking around that the person is um, at least familiar with, grounded in, friendly with 12-step recovery principles. Um, it's, it's important because um, I've seen a lot of damage done um, from therapists who who did not really understand how to address the problem. Mhm. Mhm. So that's good. That's really a, a good thing to to think about and to put in our toolkit there if we're looking for some ways uh, to get support. I know that um another part of something that you've done and it's on on the CD that you've produced, and it's really helpful, is the affirmations. Is what are some of the positive thoughts, the constructive directions that a person can take to move into healthier relationships? Well, I think the first thing is to see that you can generate the good feelings that you have about yourself from within yourself. So saying, you know, my good feelings about myself come from within me. Um, And that's on the emotional level. On the mental level, saying to yourself something like, you know, my mind now focuses on my own needs and recovery as opposed to everything else. Um, my serenity comes from within. Um, I can meet my own needs, and I do. Or my self-esteem comes from my own innate worth. Um, giving ourselves permission, saying I can develop or I do develop and meet my own interests, needs, and hobbies. Uh, I spend my time more and more on expressing the being who I am, and I free everyone else to be who they choose. Um, You know, I think simply letting things be, I, I found in one very significant relationship in my life, once I stopped trying to manage, control, manipulate, and fix, once I stopped trying to overtly heal this other person, they got the help they needed and because uh, I wasn't a buffer anymore, and uh, they became an extremely healthy person, and I couldn't take any of the credit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's a bummer, isn't it? I yeah, it, it is. <laughs> You're just leaving things alone, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, becoming aware of what you truly want, feel, and need, and knowing that you can meet those needs from within your own self. Um. Mostly getting in touch with the fact that you have an innate self-worth that does not need the people, places, and things around you to do any particular thing in order to be experienced. You experience your own innate self-worth so that you don't have to be in the codependent relationship with your company or your partner in order to feel good about yourself. Okay, so you certainly alluded to this in lots of ways earlier, but how does the higher power come into all this? I mean, do I just sit off in a corner and say, boy, I'm wonderful? Or, I don't know, how does that work? How does the higher power fit into this innate self-worth piece? The higher power is the fuel that makes the engine run. Um, the higher power is, is something that I – lo- I love the 12-step approach in that the higher power is understood – at the level of your own understanding rather than being imposed from outside. So you get a practical experience of God or higher power rather than some theoretical um, airy-fairy idea of it so that it actually becomes an experience 
so that you actually turn your faith from just something you believe into something that actually makes a difference in your life. So for me, when I work with people who are new to this, I just say, just act as if there is a higher power and see what shows up in your life. You know, assume that there is. Um, It may not be a believable thing initially, but it will be a very workable and beneficial once you get the experience of it, it, you get that under your belt, you start to demonstrate that higher power. Can you give us an example about that? Well, I remember somebody coming in uh, who, you know, said, I'm an agnostic and uh, bordering on atheist, but, you know, I'm, I'm in these unhealthy relationship patterns and I need some help. And I just said, well, you know, do you have any any kind of concept of a higher power that you can live with. And they say, well, I'm a Star Wars fan. I said, well, how about the Force? Well, yeah, I think there's some kind of underlying reality behind everything. I said, great, good enough. So they began to go to meetings and practice a form of meditation that was not particularly religious, but was um, insight meditation. And they began to go to meetings and and began to assume that there was a higher power helping them. And they said they began to experience synchronicity. Uh, That's what Carl Jung called those meaningful coincidences. Uh, Things would show up at the right place at the right time. Things would move in and out of their life. People, places. um, They'd get a book at a certain time or somebody would say the right thing. And they realized that having a higher power was a workable way of life, even if it wasn't believable initially. And after a while, they realized... There's something here. There's something real. And it could never be taken away from them because it wasn't based in the theoretical. It was based in their own experience. Mm-hmm. That's a great example. And it, it does hark back to what you said in the very beginning of the program today about you saw the Allen on people having practical experiences. Because that does seem to be what it is about the uh, 12-step programs. And you just said it. You said it wasn't believable, but it was workable. Who cares what you believe? What matters is what, what are you stepping into? What are you acting from? That is so important. You know, we get so caught up in the theoretical and the colors, the quadrants, the spirals, the shapes, the, uh, all the theoretical models. And I, ha- I haven't seen one person in crisis helped by any of that. But the concept of a higher power, some basic spiritual principles, one concept, one thought, that's simple. Uh, those are the things that pull people out of the ditches. That's right. That's amazing. That's really something. That Boy, that's a gem. Thank you for sharing that with us, Greg. So what would be, um, you think, the first step for somebody that's wanting to have healthier relationships? And again, that can be at our own level. It may be, we may be somebody that's right now in a relationship that's very, um, upsetting or very abusive, or we may be somebody that's in a situation where relationships are just boring. Maybe they're not abusive. So we're all in our own places with it. There's no ladder. It's just we're all in a lot of places. So wherever we are, what would be a first thing that a person could do to start moving uh, in a stronger, healthier direction? Because we can all grow. Before I get into that, I think you mentioned something about abuse. You have to deal mm-hmm. on a practical level with abuse. Uh, whether it's severe psychological or physical abuse, you've got to take care of that. But short of that, uh, short of, you know, actually, you know, you're in danger or the people around you are in danger. Right. And that's important. To withdraw your attention from your company, your relationship, your place of work, whatever it is that, that you're having your codependent relationship with, and put it back on yourself and then to, uh, first thing I would do is, is look up meetings. Um, in, in your community, go online. And I'd shop around. I'd say you go to six meetings before you figure out the one that you want to go to because you're going to go into a meeting where people are not following the 12 traditions. They're, not, they're giving each other advice, doing crosstalk, uh, or it's all about everybody out telling each other's story, you know. And then you'll find one that there's a lot of recovery in the room. There's people who've 
who are certainly coming in cold and, and, and in a state of crisis, they're first-timers, but there's also people who've been there for years and have a wealth of experience and strength and hope that they can, can, can draw from. And if you sense in that room a lot of recovery, then go back week after week. It's like I found it was just so amazing, even if nothing seemed to happen much in the meeting, I would change. It would be like a shift of my energy field. It's almost like I would align with the healthier energy field of the recovery group and walk away in a completely different state of mind. And then, of course, doing on a daily basis whatever spiritual practices mean healthy spirituality and recovery to you. And those are your affirmations and your prayers and your meditations and whatever that is. And then also taking care of yourself, asking yourself, what do I need in this situation? And it's not another donut, you know, mm-hmm. but what, what is it that I truly need right now? I need to sit out in nature. I need to take a walk. I need to meditate. I need to do something that expresses the who that I am rather than being obsessed with all those externals. Greg, thank you so much. Our time is up. You've just given us wonderful ideas and given us great energy. My guest is Greg Barrett, Unity Minister at uh, Unity Northwest in Des Plaines, Illinois. And thank you so much for sharing with us these ideas about healthy relationships. Listeners, have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening today, and we'll be back next week on The Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell-Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Circe points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things. As she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.